Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Join me in welcoming Sydney Weiss. She's a lawyer, writer, and the host and executive producer of Seek the Joy podcast, featuring BuzzFeed's 27 podcasts you need to start listening to in 2018 and winner Best Podcast 2019 New Media Film Festival. Hello, Sydney, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to sit down with you today. This is going to be a fun conversation. Well, I mean, my podcast has not won anything. So I'm the one. I feel honored that you're actually here and that you're going to tell tell us about your story and your journey and how you're bringing joy to all your listeners. So Mm. let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? Yeah. Okay. The very, very beginning. A very good place to start, as they say. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, California born and raised. I've been here my whole life and haven't really left yet. I went to both undergrad and law school in the greater Los Angeles area and my family is here. So that's where I'm from. I'm from LA. I haven't really ventured out. Maybe I will one day. We'll see. Well, I mean, it's not a shabby place to be from. (laughs) It really isn't. It really isn't. I will say the weather is really nice. You know, today it's super gloomy, but I feel like I can't complain being from LA. Definitely can't. Besides that, no matter where you go in the world, when you say, I'm from LA, it's like, oh, everybody, I know in Europe, my family is European. I say I live in Miami and people are like, oh, you know, and I LA know. is another one I of know. those places, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So tell me about your childhood. Like, and, I, and I'm going to say this. I mean, you are obviously you have a, a, you have a journey that you've traveled, but you're mm-hmm. fairly young, which is exciting. Yeah. It's very yeah. exciting. Like I see you and I say, wow, she's accomplished so much. I don't know where you're going to get to, but you're going far places. I can tell oh, you that much. <laughs> that is so that is so kind. You know, I definitely have been on a journey. I just turned 30 this year and I've been thinking a lot about the last decade, to be honest, and just how many shifts and changes have taken place. You know, I grew up in a really wonderful family. I'm the oldest of three, three girls. So being the oldest, I think has its benefits as well as its challenges. I'm sure any older sibling out there can relate. Um, But I was somebody who was always very I guess determined is the right way to put it. Um, Very academically minded and focused. When I was 12, I actually like declared to everyone who would listen that I was going to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. It was just something I decided I was going to do at the time. I didn't really know why. So everything I did in my life from decisions I made about school to how much I studied, friends, all the things, you know, you, you decide to do as you grow up. I feel looking back in hindsight was really, you know, to aim towards that goal to become a lawyer. And when it really wasn't until I was graduating from law school in 2016 that I started to maybe realize it wasn't so much about being a lawyer, but maybe it was more so just about being an advocate. So about a month or so before I was going to graduate from law school, I had shingles at 25. Oh, wow. And it was the first time my like body was like, hello, <laughs> 
Like you're very stressed. You're not taking good enough care of yourself. You're not prioritizing your mental health, your well-being. But I didn't get the memo. So I graduated from law school, sat and studied for the California Bar, which at the time was a three-day exam. And you study very intensely for 10 weeks. And I was in, truthfully, like such deep fear of the exam that it just took over every aspect of my life. And so by the time I sat for the bar, uh, the end of July of that summer, I just was like a shell of who I really am. I mean, fatigued, really having some health issues come up. A month later, I had to have an emergency appendectomy. Three months later, I found out I didn't pass the bar. And so all of these like highs and lows with my health and my body starting to signal to me all culminated in November when I was sitting on the floor in my parents' living room and the negative self-talk I had carried with my with me my whole life was just blaring, like on a megaphone loudspeaker. I was embarrassed. I was feeling so ashamed. How could you do this? You're so stupid. I mean, all the things we say to ourselves that we would never say, you know, to someone that we love. And I realized after about two weeks of giving myself the space to be mopey and feel bad for myself, because I think we do need those times, I realized I've really got to figure this out. What is happening within me? How can I shift my mindset and my perspective and really come at this exam at the time from a space of I'm going to conquer it versus it's going to conquer me. And so I went through this sort of seven, nine month metamorphosis and journey and really started to prioritize my health, take better care of myself, dive into personal development, self-help, books, podcasts, conversations. And I came out of the experience by the time I sat for the bar the second time in July 2017, just a totally different person. I was in my hotel room up in Sacramento getting ready to sit for the bar and I opened up the curtains when I got in and there's a huge sign and it said Esquire. And I thought, oh, I'm in the right place. Like this felt like a sign, like all the work I've done on myself to really change how I approached my life and how I viewed things. I just felt like it was a sign it was all going to work out. Spoiler alert, it did. I ended up passing the bar on the second time, but it was about September Two months after the bar, I was sitting in my apartment and I realized I wanted to connect with other people who had similar stories or experiences or wanted to just have a conversation like you and I are having right now. And I thought, I'm going to start a podcast. Now, granted, I did not know what I was doing. None of us do, I think, when we get started. But I had this real passion and excitement for connection and wanting to share. And so within about two weeks, Seek the Joy podcast was born. I've been doing the podcast for about three and a half years now. And my journey of being a lawyer has existed simultaneously with the podcast, which has been really fun. So that's a probably a good SparkNotes version that's of my journey. Version. But there's been so many, I think, learnings and lessons that have come from what we would naturally classify as maybe a rock bottom or a setback or a roadblock. And I have just learned over time, you know, they all appear for a reason and it's how we choose to move through them and um, reflect in those moments that has really, really been crucial for me. Wow. It's, I mean, you share so much wisdom in that, you know, <laughs> preview that honestly, <laughs> for someone that's 30, I, you know, I, I applaud you because it's oh. uh, in a very short time, you kind of, a lot of the things you said, uh, resonating sense that you were in tune with yourself. You were in tune mm -hmm. with your body, with what was going on. You shifted direction. And that doesn't mean, yeah. which is something I speak about on the, on this podcast is about the fact that you are a lawyer doesn't mean you cannot be a podcaster. This is one of the Absolutely. things 
in my own life that people, I, I think I've shared in, in a different episode, but in any case, uh, that I had at some point people asking me if I'm quitting my job. Like they think I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm actually in the midst of a career shift where I'm starting to do this more and more. And, yes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting because people need to label you, you know, like they mm. say, oh, she's a podcaster or she's a CEO. They, they cannot, a lot of people cannot envision you doing a bit of what you enjoy and blending it into your life. And it seems like that's what you've done at a very young age, which is great. Yeah, I think what you just said is such a good point and so interesting because as human beings, we label and define ourselves. And then the people in our lives label and define us too based upon the version of who you are that they've known. So especially if you've known someone, I mean, there are people in my life I've known since mommy and me, since elementary school. And when I first started doing the podcast, I've had different people in my life be very surprised. Like it was a new side of me that I don't think they were exposed to before, which I think is such a beautiful, blessing and so incredible that we are allowing ourselves to step forward in who we are, which is very multidimensional, which is multifaceted. So yeah, I think we label ourselves, we define ourselves by a certain box. And then when we choose to step outside of that box, it's uncomfortable because you don't know how it's going to be perceived both by yourself and then by others. So I think what you said is spot on. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to leave your career. It just means you're allowing yourself to explore another side of who you are. Absolutely. Which I think is what we're here to do is to keep exploring who we are and and tap into it and then allow it, you know, to shine. Because at the end of the day, that's how we continue to fill up our own cup, I think, is by giving ourselves those uh, moments. Absolutely. And also one thing you said that also I, I thought it was very spot on is when you said that you didn't recognize yourself. Like when you mm. filled the bar and like you you were not comfortable with what's going on. And you yeah. hit rock bottom, right? And so if you hear, maybe some people hear, well, yeah, she she didn't pass the bar. Big deal. I mm-hmm. had this. And, you know, be, because we tend to compare, right? I, my mother yeah. died. And there's people that deal with a lot. But then I can relate to you. Like, thank God I've had challenges in life. But compared to other people I know, I've had a smooth sailing. And mm. uh, But I feel that there was a time, too, when I re- I, I hit bottom of the, <laughs> of the yeah. everything and just being aware that you're down there, right? Mm. Like I remember being aware, like I'm down here and, yeah. uh, and I'm going to rise and I'm going to leave this place. But exactly what you say, give yourself time to be there and embrace everything mm. that that brings you, because that's really how you resource yourself into the next chapter. I think so too. You know, when I talk about not passing the bar, when I talk about failing the bar, I always focus on that one moment, but I don't talk enough about it. And, I, and it's not purposeful, but it's just for me, that's really the crux of the story. But, you know, there's so much that we battle and we challenge in those moments that lead up to the moments where something doesn't go the way that we want. And I think it's all relative. You know, we all experience a moment in our lives that is that equivalent, I think, of our version of a rock bottom. And it will hit you differently based upon your circumstance. And I don't think, you know, I think you're spot on. I think one isn't more crucial or critical than the other. We all compare ourselves. I think that's that's for sure. For me, you know, I had spent probably a decade leading up to right before I didn't pass the bar. I've had, you know, struggles with my mental health. I've had struggles with 
myself talk. I've had struggles with, you know, family dynamics, struggles with friends. I mean, we all have things, you know, that happen to us, these moments of adversity, you know, and I think it's up to us in those moments to decide, you know, how we're going to integrate them and move forward and, and process them. But for me, that was like the culmination. That was like the cherry on top, like the explosion of the volcano. And it, it really hit me hard because I had to find who I was and my self-worth on those moments, on those external achievements, on those things that were external to me versus who I am on the inside, how I treat myself, how I treat others, how I choose to show up in the world. And so I think when you define yourself too, based on the external, when something doesn't go the way you wanted it to, and especially if it's public facing, because everyone else, all my friends graduated, uh, who I graduated with passed the bar. So everybody knew that I didn't. And so when it's public facing in that way too, and you spend over, you know, three years of law school, four years of undergrad, you know, preparing for a moment, it's like, well, you really need to take a step back and evaluate why did this impact you in this way? And then how do you want to move forward with it too? Well, and you did move forward and you have a fantastic podcast and I commend you. you, you know, because I've been doing mine for two and a half years and I know it takes a, a lot of effort. Oh my gosh, yes. Effort, yeah. consistency. I mean, it takes a lot to keep, and you know, it has been awarded. So tell us about Seek the Joy because I know my audience and we, we discussed this when we first met and I have to say, I, I you know, when you reach out, I say, oh my God, yeah, we have very similar mission. We do. In, in the how we envision our podcast and the message we want to, to bring out in, in our interviews. So tell us about Seek the Joy podcast. Yeah. So for me, the show is really inspired by what I feel is our ongoing journey as humans towards growth, empowerment, and self-love. And for me, it's through conversation that I've learned so much about myself and learned so much about others. And stepping into being a podcaster and having a podcast at the time, you know, it certainly didn't feel natural. I'm someone that grew up with a lisp. Um, my entire childhood, I wasn't somebody who, I mean, I had my younger sister make phone calls for me. Like if we needed to order pizza, I was like, Maddie, will you order it? I'm not going to do it. And she's four years younger than me. So (laughs) getting on a microphone and having conversations with people just didn't feel natural. But I will say it's probably the most healing thing that I've ever done or allowed myself to do. And so in three and a half years, I've had over 130 incredible conversations the show has, you know, grown and done its own thing and gone in different directions. And I've had different series on the show, but it all comes down to this core mission of showing one another that we are never alone in what we're experiencing. And I feel like, especially over the last year where we have been in isolation, we have, you know, eliminated, you know, connection in person with people. Sure. Yeah. We still connect over Zoom or FaceTime, but it's certainly not the same as feeling someone's energy, you know, next to you in the moment. And so I think we can often feel very alone or is anyone understanding me or what I'm going through? And through the conversations on the podcast, it's always been my hope and intention through sharing vulnerable moments, through sharing what someone else has gone through, how they've overcome, what they've created, you know, that we're not alone. So it's been a beautiful, wonderful journey from it. I've grown a blog series on the website called Joy Corner, where I feature two people every week, as well as a sister podcast called Stories of Inspiring Joy, which came from a series on the show called The Power of Storytelling. I air two episodes every week and people just share their story uninterrupted. And it's been really beautiful and incredible. So that's a little bit about 
all of the podcasts, all of the things and sort of the seek the joy oh, that's amazing. Uh, universe. That's amazing. No, you. And, I, and you. you have and we'll share your your web page and, and you know, in the, in the show notes. But I, I know you also say, you know, have something on podcasting 101, which I think is great because uh, I, I find that the podcasting community is very supportive, mm. right? I don't know if you've had the same experience. So supportive. I have met and connected with so many podcasters and people who have become friends of mine in the last three and a half years. And when something happens, like there's been this whole thing with Apple Podcasts the last couple of weeks, and we've all been talking about it and like, how are you handling it? How has it impacted you? I have found that nobody really wants to hide the ball, so to speak. Everyone is really forthcoming with information. And for me, like it was so interesting, like within eight months of starting the show, I started to get emails from people being like, hey, like I want to start a podcast too. Like, do you have any tips or advice? And I was always like hopping on the phone with people and sharing my my insights. And then I had a really good friend be like, uh, I think you should just make an ebook. <laughs> like just put everything together and offer it that way because yeah. you are one person and you're you have you're working as a lawyer and doing all the podcasts. Like you can't you can't do all this. But my natural instinct is just to get on the phone with anybody at any time and be helpful because for me that's important. Um, so I put together um, a series of eBooks. One is a guide to podcasting, everything you need to know from um, honing in on your topic, your niche, tech support, show notes, how to reach out to people. And then a second eBook, which talks about how to pitch guests and follow up and how to, you know, prep them for the interview. That's all been wonderful. And then within the last, I think, probably six months, I've been doing a little bit of podcast consulting. So helping people who want to move beyond the ebook um, and, you know, work together to either help with uh, the editing or really talk through what their show is going to be about. I had one session with somebody where we were just brainstorming guests and who would make the most sense for their show. So it's been fun to kind of step into that space of helping, you know, other podcasters or people who want to podcast, because I think it's such a beautiful, accessible medium. And if you want to start one, you should totally do it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I feel the same way that it's something mm -hmm. I think the ideal world is a world where, you know, it's not only podcasting, like if you play tennis or if you kite surf, when you get into a community that enjoys the same things, people normally yes support you to you know and give you tips and give you and that's how i think normal living should be just by being human we For should sure. all support each other and i think that mm -hmm. if anything covid has brought a little bit of that don't you think i think so too you know this reminds me i just aired an episode this week with this woman her name is molly galbraith and she's the co-founder of uh, girls gone strong and she just wrote this book called strong women lift each other up and we were talking about exactly what you just said like we should always be helping one another and supporting one another but the problem is is we often don't feel like there's enough room for all of us. Yes. And so you get stuck in comparison. You get stuck in this like scarcity mindset where you just don't think there's enough to go around. And so you're very protective of like what you've created or the space that you're, you feel you're occupying or you don't feel like there's space for you. And for me, that just... I get it, but I just don't want to think that way. I don't want to feel that way. I really want to be part of a world where we all know there's enough room for all of us. So why not help each other, you know, on the way up as we're climbing that ladder or ascending into what we're really passionate about or what we want to do? So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm no, so with it's you. A, an abundance mindset. I think it's a, it's just a game changer. Once you yes. shift from a scarcity, what you just said right now, where 
you know, if I help this person, they're going to do better than me. And then I'm not going to do better because, yeah, that mindset says mm-hmm. there's not enough for everybody. So exactly. I always say that the, the I once read a book. Um, it was a Deepak Chopra book, I think. But mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, money is always one of the things you worry about in terms of if you want to start a new, you know, company or a new project or anything. You're always wa- wondering, you know, where is the money going to come from? Right and right. and in his book he said from where it's coming from whatever it is at the present moment, mm. like you have to think like that. Whatever you need is gonna come from whatever it is at the present moment, and it, and, and there's plenty of it. There's plenty mm-hmm. of it in the world, and so I think that's definitely at least for me that has always been something I've had uh, naturally that kind of mentality. But yeah. now that I'm more intentional about it, because even we have limiting beliefs that you know, that block us. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. And I think it's about like recognizing those limiting beliefs too when they pop up for you and asking yourself, okay, why am I feeling this way? Is it based in fact or is it based in fiction? And most of the time, I think it's really based in fiction. It's based in what you created, you know, in your head because you're either afraid or you're, you know, for me, limiting beliefs pop up when I'm stretching my comfort zone even further. It's like when I'm pushing myself to do something brand new and that's where I start to think, oh, I can't do this. Oh, who am I to do this? Or they're going to, they're going to think I'm an imposter, you know, all the things that kind of pop up in our head. So yeah, for me, like, is it fact or fiction? It's fiction. Okay. Why? Because I'm pushing myself. All right. Well, it's a good thing I'm pushing myself, but yeah, I hear you. It pops up at the worst times. It yes. always pops up at the yes. worst times too. And it's so easy to recognize it once you're aware. I guess that's what they call mm. mindfulness, mindfulness awareness, right? That the, Or the yes, story yeah. we tell ourselves, like what you call fiction and reality. I call it, what's the story we are telling? What, are you letting the story you're telling yourself drive your actions? Because once you cut the story and you identify that it's a story, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you cut it right yeah. there and then you keep moving in a much simpler way. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, the story we tell ourselves is not a story we would tell someone we love. So, you know, the way we talk to ourselves, what we believe is possible for ourselves, I bet you anything you wouldn't tell your, you know, your family or your friends or your significant other, you know, that they aren't capable or they can't do that thing or they can't go after what they want. So I always try and remind myself of that too, especially when I'm in those moments of telling myself a story that really isn't going to serve me. And the way I counteract that a lot recently is saying, well, why not me? Why can't this good thing happen for me? Why can't I step forward, you know, in what it is that I want to do? So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's all about the story we tell ourselves. Well, I can tell why you, because I read also that you give speeches and that you, you know, like you, yeah, you give speeches and I saw some of the subjects and the, I can tell why you're good at it. The one that I wanted to ask you about, when it, when life comes in ways that you didn't expect, like when your mm. life turns out to be something you weren't expecting. Talk a little mm. bit about that. In which ways has your life, is your life uh, different? Like you thought it was going to be 100% full-time lawyer or tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, you know, so like I said, when I was 12, I was somebody who just declared they wanted to be a lawyer. And then when I was graduating from law school or a little bit before, I had this moment where I recognized maybe it's not so much about being a lawyer in the way that I expected. So when I went to law school, I wanted to be a prosecutor. I wanted to work in the district attorney's office. And I was fortunate enough that after my first year, I spent that summer uh, working at the DA's office in the major crimes unit. 
they prosecute serial killers. So I went to the, the top, top, top level. And I remember sitting in this courtroom during this trial and I just thought, oh my God, like I am in the wrong place. Like this is important work, but this is not my work. And the minute I said that to myself and I had that realization, everything sort of shifted. I recognized, you know, I was there to learn and to grow, but this wasn't going to be my path. And in the moment, it was super disappointing because that's what I had planned for myself. I had written out a five to 10 year plan of what life was going to look like as a DA, how I was going to move forward, all of these things. And then I was afforded different opportunities to explore my passions for social justice and in, in the environment and entertainment. And so by the time I came out of law school, it was very clear to me that this was not going to be the path, the traditional path that I envisioned. It wasn't until I started a podcast, though, that I really recognized that the reason why I wanted to go to law school and become a lawyer was because I wanted to be an advocate. I wanted to be an advocate for myself first and as well as an advocate for others. And growing up, the traditional model of advocacy was through being a lawyer. But I've recognized and I've really learned and I'm so excited that I've had this realization that you can be an advocate through providing intentional and mindful and inspirational spaces for people to show up as who they are and to share their story through providing those spaces and conversations and opportunities for connections, you're advocating for someone to really be who they are. And for me, that has been like the biggest and the kindest and the most honestly inspirational and empowering realization that I've had for myself personally. And so my life today looks so different than what I had, I had really ever imagined, um, you know, practicing entertainment law while simultaneously having two podcasts and the opportunity to meet new people every week. I mean, it's been such a blessing and such an exciting shift for me. But in those moments of recognizing that it does look different than what I expected, I sometimes drop into this this space within me of concern of am I behind? Am I, you know, not showing up in the way that maybe I was supposed to? I mean, we go through all these shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know, in our mind. And I just keep telling myself that the path is windy on purpose because every time you have a curve or you take a step back or you move two steps to the right or the left or whatever it is, it's happening to you because it's allowing you to explore your preferences your likes, your dislikes, what you're passionate about, um, and also what you don't like, which I think is so important to explore too. And so through these highs and these lows and these curves in my journey, which I've only kind of scratched the surface of right now, you know, I've had that opportunity. And so life doesn't always show up the way that we expect it to, but I found that it shows up in the way that it's supposed to. And as it's showing up for you and as you're allowing yourself to show up simultaneously, which I think is so important too, that's really where you allow yourself to step into your passion, recognize what that is, and I think then serve yourself and serve the world from that space too. Wow, that's those are beautiful words you've said. And 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 if I may add, it's letting yourself be surprised by what yes. life brings you because it's also yes. very empowering when you think and you're doing it because you're doing something different and you're obviously believing something because you're doing it. But at the same time, there's always that side of you that is always. like what you just described. I'm like, am I falling behind? I'm do And then life surprises you and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. And you get that validation. Yeah, I guess in that windy road that you describe. And it, but it's very exciting. So too. And if we allow ourselves to be surprised, like you said, and allow ourselves to like feel the excitement. So 
I tend to want to control things. So I'm holding on like really, really tight. And I always come back to this like metaphor analogy. I don't know what it is, but of being on a roller coaster. And so that you can do two things when you're on this roller coaster. You can hold on really, really tight to the handlebars, or you can put your hands up and just allow yourself to experience the exhilaration of, you know, the highs and the lows and the flips and all the things that happen on a roller coaster. For me, that's what life is about too. You're either holding on for dear life or you're allowing yourself to experience the moment. So part of letting yourself be surprised, let yourself enjoy, you know, the twists and the turns and the direction you're taking is like not holding on so tightly and just allowing your life to unfold the way that it's supposed to, even if it feels super scary in the moment and you're like, what is happening? But it all, I find it all somehow works out, even in ways you just didn't expect. Yeah. And even when the impossible, I always say that I like to prove that the impossible is indeed possible because Mm -hmm. every story we tell each other, you always have someone that won the lot. Well, not always, but you know, someone that knows someone that won the lottery or knows someone that knows someone. And I met my husband 16 years ago in Match.com in a time where people would say that would never happen. You know, now you get a lot of couples, you know, that are met on Match.com. But if I had followed that advice, like it's never going to happen. Who knows? But I and I say, well, I'm not believing it's going to happen, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm just throwing my hat on the uh, my name on the hat. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. I prove that something that seemed impossible became possible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of like to tempt destiny that way or fate is by you just doing it. You probably 99 percent of the time is not going to happen. But yeah. that one percent of times that that impossibility manifests in your life. It's it's so powerful. I love that because you just don't know what's going to be possible for you too unless you throw your hat in the ring, unless you put your name in the game, unless you, you know, put yourself in the arena in that way. And, you know, part of like the way I look at joy too is like, stepping into this mindset of possibility. So, you know, you can't allow yourself, I think, to experience your joy, which I think is really what lights you up, what makes you feel the most like you, you know, unless you're allowing yourself to believe that that is a possibility for you. Now, that doesn't mean ignoring, you know, disappointment, frustration, anger, sadness. We have to, as humans, I think, hold all the you know, emotions on the spectrum. You can't have, you know, joy without frustration. You can't have, you know, celebration without disappointment. It's about that duality. But if you can let yourself step into that possibility mindset that you just basically talked about, I mean, anything is possible for you, but you have to let yourself be in the game a little bit, which can feel scary, but I think it's worth it. I totally agree. So what, I mean, you, you, you are 30. That's an exciting age. Yeah. It's very exciting. So what's next? What do you envision yourself for the next 10 years? What, what, oh, what do you want to achieve? What's exciting right now? What you're working on that you want to share? Yeah, I think the, the, and I'll just share what came to my mind first. You know, I hope in the next 10 years, there will be more opportunity for connection and more opportunity for conversation. And I think as long as I continue the podcast and, and meeting incredible people like you through it, I think, I think that's, that's not going to go away. But I would love to travel more. You know, I think especially now is, Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, things with this pandemic continue to improve. I would love to travel more and, you know, start a family of my own and, you know, just continue to explore what my career is going to look like, whether that means continuing to be a lawyer or not, you know, remains to be seen. We shall see what happens. Um, But I would just love to also be part of helping others really step into sharing their story and their voice, something I really have grown to know and really believe 
in the last three and a half years is that we all have a story to share and we all have a voice that is really meant to be heard. And it's about you stepping into sharing your voice and sharing your story when you feel called to do so. And so I would love to be part of that movement of creating those spaces and providing others the opportunity to share their truth and their story and their joy and everything in between. But at the same time, I'm so open to whatever happens. Like if there's anything I've learned and you and I have talked about this throughout this conversation, it's just, I think, leaving enough room for surprises, good ones, let's say good surprises to yeah. to come in, you know, when the time comes. So I'm also super open to whatever the next decade brings. Well, it's exciting. I'm looking forward. I know I'm going to hear great things because you yeah. not only are open, but you have the antenna out. And mm -hmm. I say that that is, I think we all have this antenna of what's going on around us. And you spoke about the sign uh, that you got before the bar yeah. and you open the window. I'm a firm believer on that. I think right? the universe is speaking to us in little ways every single day. And if you go where your intuition wants to take you and you're open mm. to it, you you end up in great places. Mm, I love that. Well, I, I so appreciate that. That really means a lot to me. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. I think I think it'll be fun to see how our podcasting journeys, you don't just continue. So absolutely. I echo what you said. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Back to Basics is always open for collaboration with Seek yes, the Joy because absolutely. we share a common goal. And uh, it's been fantastic having you on. I've learned a lot. You've inspired me. I do I do this podcast because of the same thing you do is for Inspire Connections to yeah. To talk to people that after you finish a conversation, you say, my day is a better day today because I had this conversation with you. And and I know my audience is going to appreciate it as very much as well. Mm, I, I so appreciate that. I feel the same way. You know, it's like when I get the opportunity to talk to somebody, it just it like invigorates you. You know, you just feel inspired in a new way. And I think we need that. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sydney. And to you out there, you don't need to have a podcast to have inspired conversation. Just look for someone that's close to you and just ask how they really are. Not just mm -hmm. go through the motion, but just ask about them, how their day is. And I'm sure that you'll find an inspiring conversation there. So thank you so much. And until the new episode of Back to Basics. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.